Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. Back to the one and only Mr. Jonathan Twomley. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Michael. Thank you. Yeah, man, it's, uh, it's wild out there. I mean, some of the stuff we've been talking about for the last 12 to 18 months are happening in real time. And, uh, you know, something we educated guests was still a guess because it was in the future was that we thought rents would start to soften uh we now have data from realtor.com and CoreLogic that rents and apartments are softening uh in fairness they often soften in the winter uh but the degree of softness is uh several points higher than than normal uh but yeah i mean it, it's 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 all happening right cap rates are up interest rates are up taxes are up insurance is up rents are down uh, occupancies down. I mean, it's, it's all, all coming together and it's, it's, uh, if you bought a deal at the peak with bridge debt, it's not going to be a lot of fun. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, there is, I don't want to call it a perfect storm. It kind of feels like one to me. Well, I mean, yeah, but listen, there's not, we're not talking like catastrophe or market crash, but we're talking about a lot of headwinds, I think, for people who are looking to sell their multifamily assets and get the pricing that they thought that they were going to get. That but they need. <laughs> well, some of them need it, right? Some of them yeah. need it. Some of them bought early, you know, and they're they're fine because they grew right. their NOI and they're gonna they'll be okay. They just won't make as much money as they had hoped, right? But uh some people who bought on bridge debt that was short term that need to refinance are now looking at an entirely different market, you know, landscape. And it's going to be difficult for them to refinance their these properties, uh, certainly at where they expected to, but even in some cases where they need to. But let's let's just talk about rents first sure. here, because you now what is going on with rents? It is uh, not really related to interest rates, even though interest rates have been, uh, you know, interest rates rising and and rents starting to get softer related, but in a different way. What's right. going on right now is a combination of two things. One is, well, actually, I should say three things. One is that uh, you've got, in a lot of markets, there has been really a, uh, an historic amount of building of multifamily property, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, so there is a lot of supply out there, a lot of supply coming, uh, you know, online coming to market now. At the same time, inflation has taken a bite out of people's pocketbooks and they're less able, even though they're getting wage increases, they're still feeling a bit skittish about mm-hmm. things and don't and aren't willing just to shell out huge amounts of money for uh, rent increases, right? Mm-hmm. At the same time that you've got a lot of supply coming up. And then the third the third factor is that rents increased dramatically over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, it partially because of the lag of building, the household formation was was exceeding new supply, but then in the last two years you had just this massive population movement because of covid and you know people either wanting their own space or people moving to a different part of the country or um people you know having a lot of money in their pocket because they weren't out there spending money on going out 
and stuff because of COVID. So they were able to afford really large rent increases. And a lot of that, as you and I had said before, was really just sort of pulling demand forward, right? Exactly. And yes. so a lot of people who were, say, for example, living in a place like New York City, thinking, yeah, someday we're probably going to need to move back to wherever we're from, or we're going to move to some other city to get more space yeah. or have a lower cost of living. A lot of those people who were kind of thinking about that in the back of their heads all decided to move at the same time. And so that also, A, jacked up rents a lot, right? But it also meant that the, that normal trickle was like a, a flood. And now it's back to like less than a trickle because it all happened all at the same time. So yep. we're seeing all these things happen all at once, which is resulting in rents, uh, you know, either rent growth flattening or rents outright declining in certain markets. Right. And, and I think this is just the start. I, you know, I think the, the, the statistical anomaly of October and November compared to the last two years is just the beginning. I think we're heading back to a normal market where rents generally get soft in the winter. Um, but, but here's another thing that's going on. Sorry to interrupt you, but like, you know, one of the things that drives me nuts about real estate investors, and it's not just real estate investors, it's in, it's investors in general, mm -hmm. is that they tend to think that whatever's happening right now is going to happen forever. Oh right? yeah. So oh, for sure. So and they will they will argue. They just with extrapolate you. forever. Yeah. Yeah, and they will argue with you when you tell them, "Hey, you should be aware of reversion to the mean." They 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 want. They lose their mind. They lose their minds, right? And they don't want to think about it because they've made a lot of decisions based on that extrapolating that line like out forever, right? In on the same trend. So yeah. two years ago, everybody was saying, you know, New York is dead, right? Rents dropped by 20%, everyone's leaving. Now we're we're back, you know, rents are at historic highs in New York. There's, historic. You know, I read it a, a couple of weeks ago. Five thousand bucks or something crazy for that. You can't Record find highs. an can't find an apartment. I mean, the, the the crazy thing is like everybody's moving into New York City to live here, but nobody wants to. They all want to work from home in New York City, right? They uh, it's, yeah, it's it's the weirdest thing. Like they don't want to they don't want to go to their office in New York City anymore, but they want to live here, right? And then okay. nobody wants to commute into the city either, right? So yeah, the, it's yeah. it's so it's crazy. They want everybody is moving into the city right now. And, but the places where you're seeing rent declines are like the stars of the COVID market, right? Of course. All, yep. all the places. Reversion to the mean. Yeah. Right. So all those places were, so for two years, you have spectacular rent growth in places like Austin and Atlanta and uh, uh, Las Vegas and Phoenix, right? Yeah. All the places that people were going because of COVID and the, and the same people were saying, this is going to last forever. Well, lo and behold, it's not lasting for, forever is over and yeah. we're you're seeing rents declining because they basically got too high too fast and it was not sustainable and now you've got and you have all this additional supply coming online in those markets i mean the funny thing that i'm that i guess not funny but i mean the thing that i'm that i'm noticing about what's happening right now is say 10 years ago at the end of the great financial crisis when people still had a memory of like the before time so before endless cheap money, right? Mm -hmm. When when the real estate cycle used to last seven years or so, mm -hmm. it was just common knowledge that places like Atlanta, Phoenix, Las Vegas, name a couple, Indianapolis is actually one of them, like that, that they would just 
like overbuild in the good times and then they would crash hard like hard 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 atlanta like people would not people forget this but 10 years ago investors would not touch atlanta with a 10-foot pole they were just yeah. it was the last market to emerge from the great financial crisis yeah, I, I remember i remember banks saying we won't lend in atlanta yeah it was people were just like no way no how i will not go anywhere near that place right and 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 then it became like the star of the recovery belatedly and then in covid it just blew up right and so right. but now what we're seeing is like hey those same those same markets that everybody used to knew you know in the past were always subject to these booms and busts well it's happening again and why well it's because it's sort of the way those markets operate there it's very easy to build right so so when is when times are good you get a lot of construction and then they overbuild and then it all crashes and then you start it all over again right then absorption catches up and then you can start building again it's sort of classic real estate cycle stuff but that got suspended for a while and it went on for such a long time because of this extended boom that yep. people sort of forgot free money free money yeah people yeah. forgot that that's what has always happened in these markets now just to take this a little further something that i find really interesting is what's happening in texas because okay. texas kind of missed out on the great financial crisis and the reason yeah, what, they had very at least for single families they had a very different lending structure right? you couldn't for, do these negam loans there right exactly so they so so texas didn't have a a big boom or it didn't have a, a huge run-up but then as a result it didn't have a a, a bust either it kind of Agreed. just was like steady eddie through the whole early 2000s right mm -hmm. And so I think a, a lot of people took the wrong message from that, which was that, oh, Texas will never have a crash. Yeah, Texas is safe because it wasn't affected by the Great Recession. Right, right. And and as I've said before, you know, I, what happens is it, because of investor psychology, it, it often is the case that something that is safe will attract enough investors to make it risky, right? Exactly. So, so because people everyone assumes it's safe and then they all pile in and that and drive up prices to the point where it's risky so what you're seeing in some texas markets now is that you had an incredible run-up of prices over in this expansion and a, an incredible amount of new supply coming on the market and now you know at least in some markets you're seeing a lot of softening and it remains to be seen whether uh, you know if they continue to have incredible population growth they, maybe this will be a very short soft period yeah, right maybe mm -hmm. um but it really depends whether that's going to continue at the same level or not and if you if you kind of look demographically uh just the the number of people available to move is kind of, is is it's, it's dwindling so, yeah so we'll a see lot of, we'll, a lot of people moved already yeah yeah i mean i'm not saying it's gonna i'm not saying texas is over i mean by any no, stretch, no, of course I think not. it's going to continue to grow at a really healthy pace for quite some time however I think that it is no longer a market that you can look at and say, hey, Texas is not subject to these booms and busts. I mean, it always was in the oil patch, but that was a different, that was different. different in the places reasons, that were yeah. not part of the oil patch, that it was, um, you know, it, it was much more just sort of like steady as you go. And now I think that that's become a much more boomy and busty market. And again, for this, for some of the same reasons as those other places, namely because it is so easy to build. Right. It's very, you know, the government makes it very easy to build there, which is great. I think that's the way it should be. But it's just 
it, it, it allows the, the market to get ahead of itself. And yeah, then it allows the market a, to go too far. Yeah. yeah. And then there's a painful correction when the whole, when the, when the music stops. Right. So yeah. uh, we may, maybe, maybe see that, maybe not, but I mean, it's just, it's, 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 I just like the fact that again, we have receipts. People can go back on our playlist and really hear, we talked about six, nine months ago. Uh, Cause again, we're both accredited investors. You actually seek, you are a syndicator. You look for deals. But I was telling you, I was seeing just unrealistic assumptions. And I always started with rent. I still remember the one that said they assumed 5% rent growth for the next five years. I'm like, what are you kidding? Yeah. How, how is mean, this possible? Listen, people were doing that in order to make deals work at the pricing that was that they don't I mean, beat up was, your Excel spreadsheet to make it look good. That's you know, not it's, good. It's it's not good, but that's kind of where the market went. Like people in order they to did. do in order to do deals. They, they had to kind of make those sorts of projections. The thing that's amazing to me is that the banks were going along with it, right? That yeah. you think that the banks would, would have been the ones to kind of put the brakes on that. But if you looked at, even looking at CoStar, I mean, you look at CoStar and CoStar would be projecting, they were, they were more conservative than that, but I mean, they'd be projecting, you know, 5% this year, four next, three the year after three that. Next, yeah, five and, four, yeah. And, and that, and if you kind of like followed that, those projections, it made it a whole lot easier to to make the deal pencil out, right? Of Especially course. when you of get course the, it would. <laughs> yeah, no, but I mean, yes, I mean it sounds pretty obvious, but I, I think a lot of people were in a position where they really had no choice. But that, uh, that wasn't. I smart. don't know. Yeah, I mean, what I saw going on, and I'm I'm so glad we called it out early, is a couple of people got in the game at lucky with timing. Yeah, they had an exit that made like tons of money. And then other people tried to copy it and they didn't realize it was timing and luck versus skill. And well, uh, there's pain you know, coming. It's funny. Like I used to talk about this a lot in the context of say like the Brooklyn housing market, right? Where, where when I first started investing, I thought like a lot of other people that the way that you invest in real estate is essentially like try to get ahead of gentrification. Like that's the, that's the thing. Like you're looking for an appreciation play, get in the path of progress and, you know, and people, and what was always happening was people were looking at, like, what happened in certain areas of Brooklyn, where the housing prices just, you know, over say a ten or twenty year period, you know, had just dramatically increased, right? And and they were, and and everybody looks at that and they're like, okay, well, that means I can just project that same growth into yeah. the future. Let me do that again. Uh, no. the, but the problem being that, like that was a unique situation in time where a lot of people bought, there were a lot of people who were sort of, you know, what, what do they used to call them? Like pioneers or even homesteaders. I think it's kind of like a terrible term if you think about it, but like people who were willing to go and buy brownstones in neighborhoods that were not really that great, that great at the yeah. time. And they paid very little money for them. And then they just rode that, but they they didn't go buy them as investors speculating. They just went to buy them to live in them. Right. And then, cause they, they needed, uh, you know, they wanted to buy a house in Brooklyn and that's where they could afford it. And then they got lucky and then, you know, yeah. they made all this money. So people then were like, Oh, we can replicate that, you know? Yeah. And, and I think, I think that you had a lot of people doing the same thing in the multifamily world where the last two years you had this just bizarre confluence of events mm -hmm. that, you know, between cheap money and, all the stimulus money that allowed people to pay more rent and these population movements, you had just this incredible run-up of prices in just two years. Mm -hmm. You know, economists will debate whether this was a bubble or not, but uh, 
sure looks like one, but then a lot of people saying, well, look what happened last two years. That's going to happen in the next two years too. And that's always faulty reasoning, right? You have to look at the circumstances under which it happened, but yeah, it's going to be fun to watch again. We we've been putting this out there. You have your playlist on this channel. I think it's just Jonathan Twomley. You can go back and see the warnings that we put out there. And I'm excited personally, because I think there's going to be an opportunity for me to be by my biggest building sometime next year or the year after. Yes. Uh, And, and, you know, we called it and we're going to hopefully execute to that. This is what I want people to keep in mind though. Like we keep on, we keep on talking about all this bad news, except, you know, you got to understand that for Michael and I, this is good news, right? I mean, it's great news. We're like excited (laughs) about this. I, again, you know, don't want anybody to, to, to suffer, um, you know, who, but if, if people did bad deals, this is the danger that they, that, that you run. If you, if you are overly aggressive in your assumptions, because if things change and they may not change for a long time, right. And, and no, the longer it, they, could, yeah, yeah. the longer they don't change, the more people say stuff like, well, Hey Twombly, you said, be careful three years ago and look what happened. Nothing happened. So I was right. And like, well, yeah, yeah. you know, it's true, but, but you still had to be prepared for this because well, now it did happen. Right. And yeah. if you weren't thinking about it, you were in real trouble. And again, I only, we only talk about what we're doing. We both, I sold stuff in 2019. Um, because I thought there were some pain. I thought a recession was coming. Yeah, me too. And that's why I saw and behold. Yeah. yeah, Lo and behold, uh, I lost half a million bucks because a pandemic happened and oh, well, Uh, but I'm ready for the next step because that, that little window of time was fake. It was, you know, it was the matrix and now we're going to now reality's coming. So I look forward to buying my biggest building. I mean, it's like, obviously I could have made a lot more money on those properties if I'd held them for another two years too. Yeah. However, there's no guarantee it would have gotten out in time. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you can't time the market. Right. And and so maybe I would have, you know, sold them just at the right time. I was in, I'm in one deal uh, in Atlanta or what we sold it uh, as a, as a partner where we literally sold it. Exact, we bought it at the right time, sold it at the right time in 18 months, like nice. made a ton of, ton of money, but it was all just luck. It was all just luck. Yeah. Right? So um, it's, you can't yeah. predict, you can't plan for this stuff. No, a lot of fun. I love the conversation. It's going to be so much fun to track next year. Cause I do think it's coming. Um, but Jonathan, where can people find you? Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, if you want to be part of this, you want to get on my uh, investor list, please Google two bridges, asset management, LLC and fill out the investor form. Uh, and if you want to join my general uh, mailing list, um, you can get this free download the ultimate checklist to doing your first 100 unit deal with other people's money uh this walks you through all of the steps that you ever need to know how to syndicate a deal um it's absolutely free just go to my website apartmentinvestorsclub.com and you, you'll see where you can download it you can also join my free facebook group also called apartment investors club um where there's free videos free content in the guide section to walk you through how to do syndications and just we just talk about it we just have conversations in the group we talk about, you know, how to do deals, what you should be thinking about, the kind of stuff that Michael and I are talking about here. You, I, I really encourage you to go in there and ask me questions. I'm happy yeah. to answer them. That's kind of what I do. So yeah, do me group. a favor, folks. If you go there, tell me you came from one rental at a time so he knows his time with us weekly is well worth it. Jonathan, thank you so much. Absolutely.